word of the Lord. Put your hands together and welcome him as he comes. Brother Cosme, God bless you. Let's lift our hands all across the house. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We magnify your name. Did you come to give the Lord some praise? Did you come to give the Lord some praise tonight? Did you come to lift your hands? Did you come to worship him? Let's forget about ourselves. Let's concentrate on him and let's worship the Lord Jesus. Uh, oh, he's been so good. He's been so faithful. I wonder right now, you could just lift up a hallelujah. A hallelujah in the middle of the darkest season you've ever went through. A hallelujah in the middle of confusion. A hallelujah in the middle of everything life has thrown at you lately. Do you still got a praise that goes way down deep? You can take a lot of things from me. But you can't take my praise because my praise is not on me. My praise is in me. You can't take my God because my God's not just on me, but he's in me. And when you've got something in you, you can't take it away. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I've got everything going around me that's crazy, but within me there's strength. There's confusion on the outside, but there's a peace on the inside. There's bitterness on the outside, but there's joy on the inside. Oh, come on. There's false doctrine on the outside, but there's the way, the truth, and the life on the inside. There's addiction on the outside, but there's freedom on the inside. Anybody thankful to be on the inside tonight? Whew. I'm about to preach before I preach. a pregame warm-up right there. Let's lift our hands one more time and worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We lift our hands tonight. We lift our voices tonight. We praise you tonight. Thank you, God. We want to enter into your presence. We want to feel your strength. Lord, we need your peace. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, so good to be in church tonight. If you do have your Bibles with you, let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter number 3. Give honor to this church. Give honor to Pastor Bradford and Bishop Frost. Don't want to take a lot of time tonight, so let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter number 3, verses 14 through 18. It's already been mentioned here tonight. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So we're just going to establish this word for somebody tonight. Daniel 3 and 14 says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready at what time you hear the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. 
If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And tonight I want to preach for just a few short moments. The answer is no. The answer is no. If you would, let's put our hands up one more time and put our Bibles down and let's call upon the Lord. Amen. Tonight, God, let your anointing fall in this house and break every yoke. I pray, God, that the seed of the word of the Lord would fall on good ground, that we would be fruitful and we would multiply tonight, Lord, what you're sowing into us. Lord, I pray, God, for miracles, signs, and wonders and for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and for somebody to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe it and we claim it now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The year was 1987 when Henry Dempsey and his co-pilot Paul Boucher were flying a small plane without any passengers from Lewiston, Maine to Boston, Massachusetts. They were flying at 4,000 feet, about 200 miles an hour. Henry Dempster, the pilot, heard a rattling coming from the back of the plane, and he handed the controls over to his co-pilot, and he went back there to investigate the noise. The door seemed a little loose, and it seemed something was wrong with it, and he started feeling around, and it says as he pressed against the door, the door of that small 15-passenger plane flew wide open, and instantly Henry Dempster was sucked out of that small 15-passenger plane. His co-pilot looked back and seen the door open and seen him sucked out of the plane. He thought that he had fallen to his death. He radioed the nearest airport to let them know that the pilot of that plane had fallen and that now he was requesting permission to make an emergency landing. But after the plane landed and they realized what happened, they found Henry Dempsey upside down holding on the outside door of that aircraft as tight as he could to the railings of the stairs. He caught the railings of the ladder as he fell out of that plane and he held on for 10 minutes as the plane flew 200 miles an hour at an altitude of 4,000 feet. And as he landed upside down on that ladder, they said his head was only 12 inches away from hitting the runway. And he, as I read this, they said he had two options. He could either hold on and live or he could let go and die. And it says that when the paramedics got there, because of the grip he had on that railing, that it took several minutes for them to pry his fingers off of those rails because he was holding on for dear life. And tonight I want to preach to somebody that came to church tonight that you're going through the storm and you're going through resistance and everything seems to be against you and telling you to let go and telling you to give up. I want to preach to you that you need to just keep holding on no matter what comes against you keep holding on you may be in the worst trial of your life keep holding on if you let go you'll die but if you hold on you'll live
live. Let me talk to somebody. You're going through marriage problems. Keep holding on. You're going through trials in your family. Keep holding on. You're fearful and afraid. Keep holding on. You feel burnt out. You feel like giving up. You feel like backsliding. Keep holding on. You can let go and die or you can hold on and live. 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 Oh, come on. Let's lift our hands all across this house. I hadn't come to preach a long time tonight. I want to preach to somebody that's in the valley of decision and ready to give up on God in the church. You need to pray through one more time. Get to the altar one more time and just keep holding on. I can't tell you how it's all going to work out. But I can tell you if you hold on, you're coming out of it alive and well on the other side of the storm. Come on, somebody. There's an enemy that wants you to let go. There's an enemy that wants you to give up on life. There's an enemy that wants you to give up on church. But is there somebody that says, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. Come on, let's lift up our voice. Is there somebody that says, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm holding on. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up. I'm not compromising. I'm not changing. I'm going to hold on to the things of God. You know, we can say, well, I'll try my best. But there's a problem when we say we're going to try our best. Because the Bible says that our enemy, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. He knows what your best looks like. And he'll push you to the point where you've got to give up because you've said, I'll try my very best. But there's something about somebody that draws a line in the sand and says, I've made my decision. You're not going to get me to budge. You're not going to get me to negotiate. You're not going to get me to entertain the thoughts. I'm holding on to God. I'm not letting go. No matter what the answer is, no. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to get renewed in the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm going to hold on. Is there somebody that would say, I'm not giving up. I'm holding on. This is not time to backslide. It's time to hold on. It's not time to divorce. It's time to hold on. Is there somebody tonight that says, I'm holding on. And let me preach to you for a second. When you're holding on to God, it's not a one-way thing because God is holding on to you. And when you feel weak, there's a God that will carry you in his arms and carry you safely through. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. You may be seated. Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season. We shall reap if we faint not. You may be going through a dark season, but there's a due season that's coming. You may be going through a lost season, but you're going to find purpose in this next season. You may be coming out of brokenness, but he said he'll give you beauty for the ashes. He said he'll give you the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Is there somebody that walked in heavy? You can walk out light. You can walk out renewed. You can walk out refreshed because times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Woo! Come on, let's lift our hands, church. Oh, God, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I've got kids watching me. I'm holding on to the things of God. I've got people that have gone before me. I'm holding on to the things of God. I'm not selling out. I'm not changing my ways. I'm stubborn when it comes to the things of God. I'm not changing. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Oh, let's give God some praise. 
Psalms 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I can't give you the expert analysis of your situation and tell you what you should do or what you shouldn't do. But let me tell you this. When you don't know what to do, you just keep holding on. When you don't know what to pray, the Bible says he knows what we have need of before we even ask him. God already knows. Pour out your heart. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will step in when it feels like everybody else has stepped out. There's a God that will come into your life and make all things new. What do I do? What do I do? I'm going through a bad time right now. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Just keep waiting on the Lord. Just keep waiting on the Lord. Just keep waiting on the Lord and he will give you strength. But let me tell you this about waiting on the Lord. <laughs> waiting on the Lord is not like waiting on the DMV counter. Because when you're in your, sitting in your little chair and you're waiting for your number to be called, what are you doing? You're on your phone. Your feet are crossed. Your people watching. You're, you're sitting there just waiting. You're not doing nothing because your name is not being called yet. You're just sitting there in an idle position. But you know something? When I'm waiting on God, I can worship even while I'm waiting without an answer. I can stay faithful to the things of God. I can pray even while I'm waiting. I can be involved in ministry even while I'm waiting. I can be a blessing to somebody else even when I'm waiting. I can help them pray for their miracle when I haven't even received mine yet because I'm waiting. But I'm not just waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. And God is working all things together for the good, for the good, for the good. I don't understand it right Right now but it's for the good it's going to work in my favor and God is going to step in and defend me God is going to provide for me whatever you need God has it God has it God has it you may be seated first Kings 21 1 through 3 came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria Ahab was a wicked king and right next door to his palace was a little vineyard that belonged to a man named Naboth. And it says that this king desired. It says in verse 2, And Ahab spake unto Naboth, Give me the vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. I will give it to thee for a better vineyard. Or if it seems good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said unto Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Ahab was a wicked king. He was characterized by weakness in following God's commandments. His marriage to Jezebel, who introduced pagan religious practices to Israel. He promoted the worship of Baal. He lived in idolatry and disobedience. He had a corrupt uh, government with no regard for justice. Ahab was a symbol of moral failure and spiritual downfall. And he stepped into this vineyard that belonged to Naboth. And Naboth looked at that vineyard and he heard the offer, I'll give you a better vineyard. And if you don't want a better vineyard, I'll give you the cost of it in money. But you know what Naboth said? You may not realize it, but this is worth more than me to me than anything you could offer me this is worth more to me than any monetary amount you can give me another vineyard but it's not this vineyard you can offer me another opportunity but it's not like this one because this is the inheritance of my father this belonged to our family and it's going to stay in the family tonight I don't know if you realize this or not but the devil walks up and down each of these aisles trying to give you an offer to sell out trying to give you an offer well you'll make more money if you work on Sundays and you'll you'll have a better life if you just divorce and walk away 
away from your family. He'll give you an offer that seems better. But I want to have the spirit of Naboth that says, I refuse to compromise. I refuse to give in to the offers of this world. There was a man that called me not too long ago. He was a group home director when I was growing up, and he's well connected to the gospel music scene of Bakersfield. And he called me and said, man, I heard you're starting a church. He said, we could set up our organ, and I'll bring the singers, and I'll bring everything else. But I'm going to tell you what, if it takes compromise to have revival, I don't want it because we need to hold on to the inheritance of our fathers. I still believe there's only one God, and Jesus is his name. I still believe you need to repent of your sins. I still believe you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I still believe you need the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'm not going to compromise for this world. I'm holding on to the inheritance of my Father. Come on, somebody. When I came to church growing up, a lot of times I came by myself, you may be seated, but you know what? I want to preach to somebody, you're coming to church all by yourself, you just keep holding on. There's peer pressure, wants to pull you out of the church, relationships that you don't want to put a little leverage in there. Well, if you love me, why are you leaving me on Sunday morning and Sunday night? Let me tell you, if you loved me, you wouldn't get in the way of my relationship with God because that's worth more to me than all this world and all its riches. I'd rather have Jesus. I refuse to compromise to this world and bow down to Ahab. You can come to the music. I'm almost finished. Come on, church. Let's lift up our voice. Come on. Somebody in the valley of decision, an enemy grabbing, an enemy trying to reach for you, an enemy trying to entice you. Oh, come on, there's some of you straggling the fence, and there's an enemy on that other side just trying to reach up and pull you down. Oh, come on, we've gotten too comfortable. We've gotten too close to our adversary, to the voices of the enemy. But tonight I want him to know when you come against me with the opportunities of this world, when you come to me with an opportunity to compromise for worldly gain, the answer is no. You want me to lose my walk with God? The answer is no. You want me to stop going to church? The answer is no. I've made up my mind. I'm going all the way with Jesus. There's no turning back. I wonder if there's somebody right now that will say, this is my church, that's my pastor, and I'm going to be here until Jesus comes back. Non-negotiable. There's no room for discussion because I've made up my mind. I'm going all the way. Come on, church, let's just pray for a few moments. Devil, the answer is no. Sorry to disappoint you, but I'm holding on to the things of God. Come on, people. Reach for God tonight. I can think of how many new converts I've seen that walked the road and everything was looking good until things started reaching for them, until old girlfriends started reaching for them, until their old homeboys started reaching for them. So people started trying to get a hold of them. When Jesus walked out to the wilderness, he was tempted of the devil. It says when he was in the power of the spirit, the devil showed up. The devil said, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down. The angels have charge commanding thee. If you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you be the son of God, what was he doing? He was questioning Jesus' identity. If thou be the son of God. But do you know when Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So as Jesus walked through that temptation as a man, he was fully tempted in all like points as we are yet without sin. There was an enemy that said, If you be the Son of God, 
but the word that was spoken over him in the water was the same word that carried him through the wilderness and today the same God that put his hand upon your life and the same God that brought you through every trial you've ever walked through he's a God that's with you tonight he hasn't left you he hasn't forsaken you and there's an enemy that wants to step up and say are you really the son of God you can point back to the miracles of the past you can point back to the washing away of your sins you can point back to when you were first filled with the Holy Ghost if you be the son of God he was questioning his identity tonight devil the answer is no I'm not giving in to your advances I'm not giving in to your offer I'm not giving in to your opportunity the answer is no David Ben-Gurion he was the prime minister of Israel in the 1950s he had to make an important decision for the nation of Israel and he said before he would do that he'd go talk to his best friend and he went and talked to his best friend and said there's this really important decision I need to make he said, okay, give me two days and I'll think about it. He said, okay, two days later, he came back and he says, okay, that's fine. He said, why did you need two days? He said, because I had to go talk to two very important people. He said, well, if you got more important people than yourself, tell me who they are. I'll go to them and I'll ask them. He said, well, the first person I went to was my father. He said, your father, your father died 10 years ago. He said, yeah, but before I make a decision like this, I want to talk to my father about it. He said, well, who'd you talk to next? He said, I went and talked to my grandson. He said, you don't even have a grandson. He said, I know, but I'm going to have a grandson. And I wanted to talk to my grandson about this decision we're about to make. He said, because every decision you make, you need to honor those that have gone before you. And you need to preserve truth and dignity for those that are ahead of you. Tonight, you may not realize it, the domino effect of your decisions and the path you're going down. But I deal with people pretty regularly now that are backslid. But they had a grandma that was in church. They had a father that was in church. They had a mother that was in church. But now they're so far removed from the things of God because there was somebody that began saying yes to the enemy of their soul. And now they don't even know what it means to be apostolic. They don't even know what it means to live for God because they started giving in. Today, there's somebody in this house. You've got a decision you need to make. You need to consider those that have sacrificed before you. There's some people here, including myself, that are living on grandmother's prayers, living on grandfather's prayers, living on the legacy of Brother Terry that came and started a church in the city. We've got to consider those that go before us before we start to compromise. And then we need to look ahead to our children. And I need to say there's Bella and there's Bristol and there's Braley. And before I make this decision, how is it going to affect them? Because my decisions don't just affect me, but it's going to affect generations to come. There's some of you, you think you're fighting for yourself, but you need to start fighting for your family. You need to start fighting for your marriage. You need to start fighting for your legacy. You're not just fighting to be a church member, but you're fighting to be a pillar in your family, a pillar that stood for truth, a pillar that was faithful to the things of God. I'm not giving in, devil. The answer's no. I've got a host all around me that's watching the decision I'm about to make. I've got to hold on. Wherefore, seeing we are so compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Sister Jenkins is looking down. Brother Terry's looking down. All oh, those that have gone before us, Brother Eccles is looking down. Brother David Webb is looking down. The decisions that we're going to make, David Frost is looking down. We need to hold on to the things of God for those that have gone before us that held on to the truth. Devil, the answer is no. I'm going to defend the inheritance of my fathers, those that have gone before me. And when those three Hebrews said no to the enemy God always defends those that stand up for him you may really think in the middle of your situation I can't say no because there's so much against me there's so much pressure up against me but I'll tell you that when you do the right thing God will honor your decision God will defend you you don't have the strength but he'll give you the strength 
It may cost you some money, but God said, I'll replenish what the locust has eaten. I'm telling somebody tonight, you know the decision you need to make. It's time to make the decision. No to the world, no to the devil, and yes to God. Because I'm holding on for more than just myself. There's a fourth man in the fire for those that say no. Come on. Wait on the Lord, church. Young lady, don't give yourself away to this world to be popular. Young man, don't get caught up in the sports world. Hold on to the truth. Hold on to the things of God. Young lady, don't get in that relationship if it's going to pull you away from church. Don't compromise to fit in at the job site. Don't compromise to fit in at school. Hold on to the things of God, neighbor. Neighbor, just keep holding on. God is going to make a way. Come on, somebody. Hold on to the things of God. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. God, I'm seeking you through it all, through every decision. Oh, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. Come on. Sunday school department, you may get weary and you may be tired of feeding these kids and picking them up and taking care of them. But I'll tell you, don't ever give up on those kids because those kids are hanging on to every hope that you give them. Those kids are holding on to the peace that you bring them on Sundays. Come on, there's people here, you're burnt out, you feel like giving up. Hold on, you're making a difference. You're making a difference. There's people that are going to be affected by your ministry, by the things you're doing, by the way you're serving us. There's others that are watching. There's others that are going to be led by your example. Come on, keep waiting. Keep waiting. Keep waiting. Wait until the answer comes. Wait until the healing comes. Wait until your breakthrough comes. Come on, I'm not turning back around, Jesus. I'm not turning my back on you. Don't let go with me. Still, I will follow. Devil, the answer is no. 